0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 61. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, you can tell there's a bit more energy in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> uh, I must admit, we were obviously both at the game Uh And to come out and be, you know, 30-odd points up in the first quarter, I was like, oh, this is so good to watch. (laughs) Uh,
0: Uh, It's My my emotions and how how happy I am during a week, it really does rise and fall (laughs) a lot on the strength of how the Bombers are playing. So when you see that come out, you just go, oh, man, that feels good.
1: Yeah, I mean... We'll obviously we're gonna have a lot on this show, so just just say so you know, Very soon we're actually gonna get Ronnie Lerner on quite quickly. I'm uh, gonna have a chat to him about the whole month of footy. See see how he sees, yeah. um, Esten going. And if you and for those who haven't actually heard Ronnie before, he's a one of the chief writers at the the Age Footy Department, Yep, Matt Essendon guy, really down to earth, really fun to chat to. Going to have some
0: great insights. And, and
1: look, after that, we'll, me and Grant will just have our own little summaries of what yep. we think was important about the game, have our three twos and ones, yep. and everything like that. But look, obviously, we're going to bring up Walla quite a few times in the show. It was just spectacular to see, and and I think one of the best goals I've ever seen. Was that wow. at that goal? Was at that game? Uh, and it was one where if
0: turned one way, turned the other.
1: No, what had happened is, uh, and you have to actually watch it on TV, so you you probably haven't watched
0: it. I haven't watched the replay yet. I must yeah.
1: admit. So there's a when you I didn't actually appreciate it at the ground. Um, so Wallace on the far side of the ground in the opposite fifty of the of the team. So that uh, would have been the what the so uh, the the lines sort of fifty meter area kind of yeah yeah at, on the member side of the wing. Ah yeah,
0: member side. Yeah.
1: So he gets the ball and he does a sprint to the length of the ground. Well so it, it while whilst we're having a handball a chain of handballs yeah, yeah. going don't going down the field, I'm giving you finger <laughs> instructions yeah, that, yeah. here. Sorry. <laughs> this doesn't, it doesn't say,
0: help a podcast. For the, for those that are that are wondering what Scott's doing right now, he's giving me lots of <laughs> um hand gestures and stuff, which doesn't work so well on radio. But uh we'll try and paint the picture for you. For you it's good. For me, I'm I'm all over it.
1: So look so what it ends up happening is uh, I think it's uh it might have been Bagley, I've got to remember now. Bagley gets it around about seventy metres out. From Wa- our goal. Waller's ran the whole length and then the on the opposite side of the 50. And he's kicked it um, to Waller, who, I don't know if you remember this. He actually drops a very easy chest mark. And mainly because he's downright buggered. Because <laughs> he's buggered, yeah. And, and the guy falls on him and knees him in the head and he gets a free kick. Yeah. And he actually nails it on the boundary line. But when you see the TV, to how far he ran to get an open lead was quite extraordinary and it was one of the most Voila. extraordinary goals I've I've seen and 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 it was just it was to see him kick seven goals, it's it just so good for him. Oh, he, and how excited were the players. Every time he's kicking a goal, you <laughs> see they're genuinely like excited. I love they love They Lola. just love him. He's yeah, just, just a very Lola. lovable kind of guy. Uh so to have us running like that, like we are at the moment, and and <clears throat> gee, the MCG is our friend at the moment. I can tell you that. Oh, we love the G. Oh, you know, we love our space and and running right. So we'll talk about a lot of guys. Obviously, there's there's Kyle Hookers and Zach Merritts and Mitch Browns. We'll talk about that as we go because there was really Kyle Hooker
0: especially Kyle Hooker.
1: For me, the most there was one significant player that that catapulted. How I think our club might go now that he's in form. I'll mention that player after, after the interview. But oh, a bit of but, a tease there from Scotty. Yeah, there tease. was one player went. Okay, now we're on. Now that this guy is up and running, we're on now. Okay. So um, let's let's now now head to uh, Ronnie Loner. Uh, yeah, we, he's
0: going to do a massive um, of recap. Tell us how uh, he thinks we're going at the moment, and and what we what he thinks. I reckon this to be one of the questions I want to ask him: is what does he reckon next week, and what do you, what does he reckon for the uh, for Anzac Day?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and look, it's a really interesting period because uh, the, we'll discuss with him about Joe Danaher, and it, we've got a very tricky period because the seniors play on Friday, so Good Easter Friday, right? So mm-hmm. if you if you think of it, we play Easter Friday, Anzac Days, the next Thursday, so it's a six day really short six day break. Yep, our VFL plays Saturday. So it's a very tricky coordination that we've got coming up. We've got to have some
0: guys that are right.
1: Yeah, and and I think what will happen is that some very good emergencies or who they think may play Zach Day will play like a half a game in the VFL. Yep. Like, you know, thinking like, say, Francis doesn't get into the team this week and Langford doesn't get into the team, those kind of guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they play half a game. Only in the VFL. Just in case. Just in case we got an injury or anything like that, that they're fresh to go because a five-day break for a full game probably doesn't probably doesn't sort of help. So it's a very interesting selection and planning um, over the next two or three weeks. Uh,
0: especially too, I mean, if with with Collingwood at North, we we may have matchup issues or yeah. matchup problems where we want to bring in a Francis, so we want to bring in a Langford or something like that. So yeah, and they're um, gonna they have to
1: think about Goldstein this week who yeah. traditionally beats us up pretty badly. Yeah. So there's a lot to think over this week. So, I mean, even, even me today thinking, like, if Joe Dada comes in, that is probably a very good chance that's in for Clark, but then we lose a second Ruckman. Do we want Joe doing backup Ruck? No, it's we just don't. A, there's so much yeah. strategic to go through. Absolutely. So, look, we'll discuss that with Ronnie Lerner, so let's get him on the line. And on the line we have Ronnie. How are you, Ronnie?
2: Good to be here. How are you all?
1: Very, very good. Thanks. Uh, look, uh, obviously, you're our, our monthly uh, guru now. So, uh, a guru?
2: <laughs> a guru. You've, That's a stretch of a word. <laughs>
0: you've, you've made guru status, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah.
1: we, like, we like to build up our own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, and last time we spoke, it was the, uh, a wrap-up of the JLT. So it's fair to say we're going to be a little bit more optimistic this time as a, as a three. Uh, how, how have you kind of assessed... That that whole period, JLT, to the first two games, and then and then the, the suddenness of, uh, I guess, the last two games. W- what's your feelings?
2: Well, it's just, um, you know, uh, broad, more broadly, the way I see this this current Essendon team. I think what what I've learned in the last, um, what what twelve months or what twenty six games. Um, I, I really think that this Essendon team, um, rightly or wrongly, they're a very big conference conference-based team and if you ask them to do something that they really doesn't suit them and doesn't really play into their natural abilities, their skills, um, their strengths, they're going to sort of drop their bundle a little bit. We saw that last year in the first eight weeks when they were pretty much, um, uh, you know, the, the, they were asked to play this ultra defensive game style where every pretty much um, I don't want to bring back bad memories for the listeners but every <laughs> every uh, pretty much every play was launched from defense and it was just such a stop start game and yeah. you know, te- teams were getting back into Essen's forward line easily before Essen were able to get the ball down there and then on the counter there'll be space opening opposition forward lines. it was just a mess and, and then uh, after round nine after round eight they said, you know what let's just play to our strengths uh, this clearly isn't working. You know, and look what happened in the last uh, not two two, three months of the season. It was um, really good results. And I think this is what happened again this year. The first two weeks, they, they try to play... It was a mix. It wasn't purely this, but the, the mix. Obviously, the plays were just completely off as well. I'm not too sure what was going on in, in terms of um, mo- um, stimulus and motivation. It was just like they were still in JLT mode. But Achoo. I also, on top of that, I still think that, that they were being asked to play uh, quite uh, and um, not negative, but uh, there was a more, there was a more, a much more defensive slant on that game style. And look what happened. we saw shoulders dropped, ridiculous skill errors being made. I mean. You know, just off the top of my head, that France kicking the ball into Hurley's back against St Kilda—that was fun. insane. Yeah. I mean, there's just the, all, there was just it was just comedies of errors, and I just think that that a lot of that comes from a lack of confidence and a lack of belief in what you're actually doing. And yeah. you know, I mean, GWS smashed them. St Kilda kicked six of the first seven goals or something. It was just real. It was a real mess. And I think, luckily for Essendon fans this year, they have they have brought forward their realization a, a, a lot. A lot earlier than they did last year. They're not; they weren't waiting till round nine this year. Um, yeah. So brought the the, the uh, and, and listen. What, what's what is Essendon's? You know, when you look at the Essendon lineup right now, what would you say is their biggest their biggest strength? Their biggest strength. Uh... Pop quiz.
1: <laughs> pop, yeah, no pop quiz. Uh, um, if if you told me after the Melbourne game, I would say the Melbourne Brisbane games. The uh, yeah sorry the Brisbane game sorry
2: yeah
1: for me what I got out of it was probably the the two pillars down back
2: and yeah oh, that's def- yeah that's definitely one that's definitely one but if you ask me I just reckon all out speed the, the, well, okay sorry yeah, that's yeah, what sorry. I was yeah. gonna yeah. say right now I was gonna yeah. say
0: those two pillars down the back taking a mark and yeah. getting it to the O'Connors the Sards, the um those guys running running out yeah. of the back line um yeah. and moving the ball quickly to the forward line
2: and then and on top of that you got Shealy you got Tippin' Woody you got Fantasia you got Merit I mean Merritt's... you've got you've got to really uh, sometimes you just really have to play to your team's strengths yeah and this is what's... Um, and I'm not too sure if you heard but after the Melbourne game a lot of the players were did media almost to a man they were all saying yeah we were told to take the game on. Forget about you know what what happened the first two weeks. Get, play to your instincts, your natural abilities, and that's what that's how this Essendon team gets results. We saw it in the last two the two three months last year. We've seen it in the last two games this year. And and I think uh, the, for a good sign for Essen fans is they were very hard to beat once they flicked that switch after round eight last year. So now we've got another 18 games to go. If, if Essendon play consistently like they did, you know in the last. Fourteen games last year, and the last two games this year, I think finals really should um, be uh, materialized. At least, should be at least the aim, and because I think they're going to be very hard to beat if they continue playing all this. Because they, their speed and their outside run, once that gets going, when they get goal side, especially when you saw McDonald Tip Woody was a great uh, example on the weekend. Once those, it, it's a, it's very hard to stop, and once that game yeah. gets going with it, with it, uh, as I said, Essens a very in the last 12 or so months it, the the realization that I've come to is that they're a very confidence based side once they they're allowed to play to their strengths they're, they're allowed to play with freedom express themselves with their ability with their flair um it's a it, they've become a very dangerous team and i don't see why you know i understand the rationale of trying to add defensive elements um to the game cuz you yeah. know a good defense wins premises. but having said that who's to say that this game style can't you know take Essendon deep into September you i think i think the most important thing is when you've got a, a list of 44 or whatever but you've really got to identify what the big strengths are and play to them and that's what they've done the last two weeks
1: and one thing i'd notice is is Woosh, he re, sort of reinforced that uh again that message that he his philosophy i guess is that real onus on the players um uh, yes. like he you can tell he has this real belief of the players owned almost, in some ways, their performance. And, and yes. he'll put some tinkering around, uh, you know, around training and things he wants. But, like, and, and a great example of that is, is that he tactically is very different to other coaches. Like, uh, you've got, what, Lucky Neil coming in with probably nine Brownlow votes. He's not interested in taking him at all. Mm. And, and, and yet we just take on Brisbane to say, no, just take him on. Just take him on yep. with your speed. Uh, we understand he's got, he's going to get his thirty five possessions and he did, uh, but overall, if we play our game style and concentrate on what we want to do, we think we can get the results. And that's kind of how he seems to be coaching to me. No,
2: no so, doubt. That's a good good summation there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think what well, he ended up with about forty possessions, but 40 it did not
1: matter, matter. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It didn't it didn't even matter when you're winning by eight goals. I mean, you could have had fifty possessions; it wouldn't have mattered. So that's I think that's that's a good it's a good mentality. It's really back backing. What you're doing, rather than worrying. To, I mean, obviously you've got to you've got to um, acknowledge and um, respect the, the strengths of the opposition. But you know, if you think you're a fair and team, which I think Essendon is that playing list, that's why the first two weeks were so confusing for for a lot of people. Uh, when you look at that playing list, I think it's a, it, it's a good enough team to say, you know what, we'll back ourselves against most teams, and that's what they do on the week, and that's what they did against Melbourne, and uh, they now sit two and two. Yeah. Now, sorry,
0: no, but just just a quick question, Ronnie. That that kind of um unstructuring of the of the game uh, style and, and letting the guys take their head and, and, and run with the ball and that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I, the, without trying to go back over sort of bad ground, so to speak, we had an entire off-season of training. We brought in Truck Rutten. Um, he was the mastermind of the Richmond defense. We've been training these guys. I assume that Truck's been showing them the defense, showing them everything and then it just seems to me like whatever we've been teaching them over the off-season, we tried to implement in ga- in Games 1 and 2 and it just looked really awful. So mm. would, would I be right in saying that basically we've just thrown that game plan out now and I'm just going to go to, uh, like what Scott said, um, open flare and, and running but with a little bit of structure?
2: I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad um, observation. I think, um, listen, you, you know, it, I think that there's no shame in... Um, Yeah, trying things and trying different things with the the ultimate aim of success. You know, of winning a Premiership. But I think there's there's also, on the flip side, that's also there's no shame in admitting. Well, you know what, this kind of isn't really working. And and we remember what happened last year. We don't want to get to round eight and be two and six and the season's over already. Um, Let's sort of. I don't think. I don't think they've completely thrown the whole. game style out, like, um, you know, uh, on the weekend, they kept Brisbane up to 65 points or something, which yeah, was which great. The first great time effort.
0: they've under 100 or something.
2: Yeah, and, and that was such a free, free-flowing, free free-scoring team in the first three weeks. I mean, they were, the, they were the, arguably the, the hottest team in the comp for the first three weeks. So, no, I definitely think there's a, a lot of Rudden, um, what, what he was trying to bring, definitely was seen on the weekend, but obviously gets overshadowed by the unbelievable stuff that was happening at the under-end yeah. of the ground. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, I, I, I think... Um, and no, even last week, I think you know against Melbourne. I mean, eighteen four. 4 that's pretty <laughs> remarkable gaulking from Melbourne. I, not too many times you would see a team kick so accurately. So even the, even against Melbourne, I think that, um, defensively it w- wasn't too bad. It was just incredible accuracy on their part that made the score look a little bit better for them. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's um, uh, it, there's like I said, there's, there's no shame in sort of tinkering things. I think I, I think you know to to t- the credit, I think. I think you, you don't want to have a, a, a coaching staff or a match for me that's too stubborn and set in their ways. So I think yeah, the, yeah, the, I'd the, agree. their ability to sort of read the wind very early on and make changes, it wouldn't have been hard, easy to do because like, there's a lot of very proud men in that coaching group. But um, I think for them to sort of slow their pride a bit and acknowledge that changes already had to be made after round. So I think that's a credit to them.
1: I think something that comes from confidence as well is when I was at the ground and just, I, I'm a bit of a nerd, right? So I set up the, the bottom of the, of the top stand and because I liked strategy and I, and one thing I did notice and what comes with confidence is how well the guys were communicating with each other. And, mm. and, I, and I thought if, say, we say um, Brisbane were kicking out or had a turnover down back, I just noticed how well the mids were communicating their structure for uh, along the wing sort of to, to set up their, their structure so I don't think we've actually thrown out maybe as much as we think with Rutten, I think there's elements there that I saw that they were heavily communicating of what yes. of what they wanted to do to make it hard for them to get past the mid say, say the midfield section yeah and, and i thought it was working quite well there was a lot of slingshot coming back into our
0: forward 50 and but even better than that it was a lot of there was a lot of stopping and looking up the field by um brisbane and not seeing anything yeah yeah there was no free flow out of their back line no
2: there was yeah that's right and and how i mean how um how much better does that back line look Hooker back in the team oh so much, so much more solid absolutely. Back there. yeah absolutely. it was
1: insane how 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 little he's played the last six months to yeah. to how he looked. I I thought he would be like okay, first half expect something really rusty, because he just hasn't played anything, JLT or anything, and stri- mm. he just comes out with authority straight, straight away. back in, taking and, marks, and he's in the coaches' votes even tonight. So um it, yeah, it's, well it's,
2: he's an all, all Australian, best and fairest. So they don't grow on trees. <laughs> no,
1: and it, and it does. I mean, even with when you are talking about communication, he he was like a key part to that. And I kind of felt like he was a little bit of the Goddard voice uh, mm. that, that we'd probably been missing a little bit with some some younger Ridleys and a, a few other guys around just to mm. make sure they all structure up right. And I thought, oh, there's a bit more leadership over the ground, it feels like at the moment. Yeah,
0: I think, I think maybe with um, Hooker down there, Hurley stands, like you said, a bit more confidently. He stands a bit taller um, and those two communicate well.
2: No, I agree. And having said that, I actually thought Hurley was... Um... Uh, you know, he copped a criticism early in the year when they were going pretty poorly. I actually thought Hurley was his best player against St Kilda, to be honest. I thought he was uh, very unfairly criticised. But uh, but as you say, he, he he looks even better when, you know, H- H- Hooker and Hurley played so much footy together. It's sort of, you know, uh, that you can't you cannot buy that kind of um, understanding, that kind Chemistry. of experience between two players. It just, you, you can only develop that over many years. And when you've got it in your team, it's, it's priceless.
1: Yeah, and look... I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. Another key area for me was like when you look at Collingwood and see how many a grade sort of mids they've got going through, I I really felt like we were struggling with an out form Zach Merritt. I felt like a, a shield was really trying to get the set of the ball moving. but when you saw Zach Merritt against Brisbane, you realized the impact of that second A grade. With alongside Shield and you go, Okay, they started to cause some real havoc and I thought this is like a, a pivotal moment where I can see Merritt moving much better than he's ever moved. He tackling he was the tackling, whole tackling pressure, and I thought, okay, this this makes Essendon a lot more dangerous when he's and when him and Shield uh, are kind of on.
0: We lost Ronnie. Look out. Technical issue. We've lost Ronnie on the phone.
1: That was my uh. Best Wonder if I could do ever.
0: Ronnie's voice. yeah Scott, I agree. Um, <laughs> Zach Merritt. Uh, he's he's hugely important to the Footy Club. Um, and I look. I think Scott is hundred percent right. To be quite honest, while we get Ronnie back on the phone, um, <laughs> Zach Merritt. And we lost Hello. Ronnie there. <laughs> You're actually
2: oh, cut, cut you out there for about the one, haven't
0: it? Gee, it was my best material, and you. <laughs> yeah, you missed it and everything. That's okay. Now we're we're a uh, we're a dinky little podcast. Sometimes the phone hangs up. <laughs> People will forgive us. Um we were basically just sort of going on that on the tangent of, of how much better the side looks with Zach Merritt up and about. I guess the difference between last week for him or sorry, the, the week before last, um, for him and this week is chalk and cheese. Can you tell us what you think he means to the club?
2: Oh, it's a it's a great point. He's listen, he's a star. I mean it's 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 there's no doubt when he's up and about, he's he's one of the best meets in the comp. I mean at the age of what, especially in that 2016 year, he just that's when he really shone in like at such a young age. And ever since then, he's been um, one of Essence's most important players. And yeah, when, he, when he's when he's down, as he was in the first couple of weeks, um, it, it definitely impacts the side. But when, when he's up and about, like he was on the weekend, just a magnificent player, isn't he? I mean, he, yeah. he really hit the ground yeah. running, like got ten touches and a goal in the first quarter, and really from there, just. Um, kept going and just was a major reason why Aston had such a dominant win and and you mentioned Dylan Shield Gee, he, like, if he can get his disposal somewhere near 80% yeah. he he's going to be unstoppable that speed is just absolutely oh. blistering and I, if he can just somehow get that that disposal level up to about 89% he's going to be a massive asset for us yeah. he's already been yeah. pretty good but you know he just turns it over a bit too much but um uh, you know, pro- the good stuff probably does outweigh the bad stuff at the moment for Shield, but yeah, and, and Zaharakis was best, back to his best again on the weekend, a huge, a huge game in the first half, yeah. when the game was up for grabs, he was magnificent, so um, and, and the good news for Western fans is Devin Smith hasn't really his stride yet. They're no, and Ferris, I
0: was but. thinking that, yeah, he's, um, and this is I was sort of saying to Scotty, we were looking at the stats over the last couple of weeks of podcasts, and you, you can look at We've got enough mids now where if Devon isn't, I don't know, up to the best and fairest kind of incredible standard he was last year. The captain as well, in some ways. Yeah, and the captain as well. We've got, like, the Shields and we've got the Zaharakis's and the people like Myers helping him and the parishes and stuff now. Mm. where You don't have to have everybody getting 35 touches or everybody getting 30s and that sort of stuff. You can have um, one player like Smith not down, but not up at his super-duper level and still yeah. win games of footy.
2: Yeah, that's right. And I sort of, I kind of think of Stringer in that vein as well. I thought he, he was huge in setting up the win on the weekend, that first quarter. He, like, everything he did was just absolutely brilliant. Kick goals, set up goals. Yep. And then he maybe may have gone out of the game a bit after that, but he kind of already did his job by quarter time. Like it was already five goal margin at quarter time. And, yeah. and the week before, he arguably played the, his best game for the club string. So, um, yeah, you're right. You don't, I mean, some of the, you know, some of the best teams, mm-hmm. they have a lot of, quality players and it's a matter of you know you, you, you can't share the ball around everyone but once no, they t- get that once they get their turn these players will have a huge impact and I think that's a sign of a very good team and yeah I think I mean Smith was pretty good against Melbourne he sort of wasn't really in amongst it on the weekend but then again you didn't really need him because the game was already done and dusted within the second quarter so um, yeah that, that's that is a good a good sign for us and I think going forward
1: just a, a Twitter question from Uncle Terry. Uh, in light of, I guess, the the dominant performance, h- how can Francis get back into the side is basically his question, with the, with Redmond and, and Ridley sort of holding their own.
2: Well, yeah, it's a good question. Um, and now you look at the key pillars, you've got Hooker Hurley and Ambrose is, isn't doing much wrong either at the moment. No. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think he's just in a period where, you know, he's not the first player to have to do this, to just bide his time, I guess, and just... You know, head down, bum up down the VFL and um, just wait for his turn the next I mean, if, if While the team's firing on all cylinders like it is, um, it, it is hard to make many changes, I believe, but uh, I've got no doubt he'll be back with the team. I think it was a little bit unlucky to be dropped, but, but for a lot lie. of reasons and now that they've, they've scored an eight goal win, I think they're justified in their reasoning the match committee, so um, yeah, I, I, listen, I, he'll be back again. Uh, when? I don't know, but um, listen, he's still very young, and as I said, not, not the first player to have to bide some time in the VFL True. to earn your spot back. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned just yet. But um, yeah, uh, clearly a talented player, and we'll see him again at some, at some stage.
1: Just just another one. So from uh, Jono on Twitter, uh, he basically wants to ask you the two wins that have been at the MCG. Do you think we can replicate that kind of form now at Docklands, which is slightly, I guess, more narrow?
2: Oh, I've, I don't see why not. I actually think um, in recent years, uh, in, obviously including last year, Essendon's Essendon's record um, at uh, at Docklands um, has been better than the G. I think mean, last year Essendon only won one of eight at the MCG, yeah, no. so yeah, already right. have two from two at the MCG. Um, and yeah, I mean last year Essendon Essendon's uh, at Docklands, I don't think four of the last five. They won uh, off the top yeah, of my head, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I, I don't think um, I don't think uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be too concerned that they wouldn't be able to replicate that at Etihad Stadium. Um, if anything, I mean you know, the this week's opponent just brings back memories of one of the best games Justin's played at Etihad for a long time, which was last year or Marvel, whatever it's called. Last year against North Melbourne, uh, that was a one of the one of the most entertaining games of the year and the Fantasia, um, I, the Fantasia game, the yeah. Fantasia game and the McKernan game, who unfortunately yeah. won't be playing this week. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. And uh, I I think that that game style um, that they're now playing uh, really, I think it suits Docklands. I think I think. Um, the the one worry heading into this year was how's Essendon going to go at the MCG, but I don't think there are any worries there at the moment. So clearly not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a good uh, it's a good signs early from that perspective.
0: Now, Roddy, I wanted to ask you about a player who I think is has absolutely come on in leaps and bounds, and I think now the way he plays his skills and everything, I think he's the player that Essendon were hoping he would turn out to be and I think it's only just a huge rise up from here and that's Connor McKenna uh, what, what are your thoughts on Connor because every time I see him playing he's kicking the ball out from the back line really accurately he's running he's he, he just he's not making very many mistakes at all playing in a tough position in the back line
2: I agree I think he's really um sharpened up his skill level hasn't he there was you know, when he was getting used to that defensive, because remember he started as a forward. I don't think people yeah. know, he started as a forward pocket and uh, he was yeah. moved. They realized that his pace would probably be a bit more beneficial off half back. And it's taken him a few years to um, get used to it. And he, yeah, he was, he was guilty of making quite a few costly turnovers and being run down. A bit of lack of awareness, that sort of yeah. stuff. But, but uh, I think you're right. The first, um, especially the last two weeks, he's looked really, really good. Not many mistakes, Really assured of himself, and and the one bit of play that really stood out from him um, against Brisbane was when he took that mark backing back on a half or flank, and then set up to and Tiffin Woody for one of his goals in the first quarter. That was sort of a real, a real. uh yeah, yeah, a got, the, got the, It was a real act that got the team going. And um, yeah and, uh, he's combining with Saad really well. Saad's you know uh, um, probably lucky that Cameron was a bit inaccurate, but other than that, Saad was. Quite good on the weekend, too. And I think, um, yeah, I think McKenna, you know, there's just so much um, potential in what he could do. He's just so quick, so quick. And and the one thing about him was he just, if he could just get his disposal a little bit better, a bit more accurate, he could become a real weapon. And I think the last couple of weeks have shown that possibly Mm. and hopefully for Essendon fans, that that curve is hitting in an upward direction and if that's the case look out.
1: Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I really like about him is he reminds me of in some ways not the, I guess not in the way he plays physically but a, a Goddard when he gets the ball will, will always look for a dangerous kick like a, a kick that that the opposition you know, if it, if it comes off it will really hurt the opposition and we'll get our game running. I, I kind of find McKenna has that kind, same kind of dare that he he looks for something that is actually useful to us and not just the the relieving the, the kick out wide or something. Forty-five meter down the line, kick to Bell Chambers. Mm, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, no, he'll yeah. look. He'll look for something to get us going.
2: Yeah, no, he's, he's a little bit more considered, isn't he? So, um, uh, which is which is important because you know uh, when you consider the the kind of breakneck breakneck game style that Essendon do employ, it's it might it might not leave much room for you know taking a breather and assessing your options. You know, A lot of instinct based sort of play, which is thrilling when it's up and about, but yeah, for McKenna, it's still, you know, um, especially in the last couple of weeks to really sort of, you know, smell the roses a bit and assess his options and more often than not pick the right one. It's it's, ve- it's a very good sign. Uh, I think yeah. he may, what is he in his mid-20s now? I think, yeah. Um, yeah, he's still got yeah, lots of footy left. Plenty of footy left, and I think this, you know, hopefully this could be the launching pad for him, you know?
1: I totally agree. Hey, so let's get on to Friday night, Easter footy. So, it look, it's... Every every Essendon fan knows that this time of the year it's always a tricky one because you know it's not just Easter it's Anzac Day it's always two or three weeks of of odd timings of games you know cramped cramped in a lot of planning involved there's obviously talk about Joe Danahar um, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are it's a very tricky one because the VFL play Saturday and again at Werribee. The the seniors play Friday and then Anzac Day's Thursday, so it, it's a big call on how you how you select the side this week. What do you think Joe's chances are?
2: Um, I think well, his ready. Ball reports is ready to go. Yeah. So, so I've had that. If you yeah. ask me, um, play him, you know, uh, it, it's not like listen. I know he hasn't played an AFL game what, in almost a year, yeah. but he did get a couple of JLT games. He did. He did in yeah. this yeah. year. And I just think, I was telling um, telling you guys off air, you don't get a, you don't take a Ferrari to plough a field, do you? you no, got good, uh, good. You time. wheel it out for other reasons. And uh, I think, um, you know, I think this is one of the reasons you would do so. He's just such... I mean, you only have to look back at that 2017 season just to see what an enormously incredible player he, he has the potential of being. I mean, he was just absolutely magnificent that year. And obviously injuries the last year and a bit have conspired against him. But... Uh, as soon as you've got uh, a Joe Danaher who's ready to go, uh, very hard to play him with the BFL report. I think you just just let him go play and play against North Melbourne and let it, let him rip. And, yeah, um, I agree. And, the, and and the good thing is this year the the Anzac Day break isn't as hectic. It's just six six days between drinks, so it's not. Yeah. and then and then it's another ten days. I think uh, against Geelong the week after, I believe. So um, it's not as not as crawling. Yeah, not as grueling as it has been in, in, in years gone by. So, yeah, I think you know, play, play him and then play him against Collingwood if he gets if he pulls up alright. And then he's got ten days to get ready for Geelong. I think um, I think no dramas,
0: mate. I, I think you're 100 percent right in that. Um, if you if you're Nathan Buckley right now, if we if we were trying to make decisions as to who should play on Anzac Day. Um, to make Nathan uh, slightly worried, if he knew there was a like you said, if he knew there was a Ferrari running out of fifty, that's <laughs> gonna make Nathan worried, right? So he's, uh, I absolutely get that kid in as fast as possible and get him back if he's fit. And if like, fit, on, honest course. to goodness, if he's fit, if he's not fit, if there is a four percent chance that he ain't fit, then rest him. Like seriously, oh. because yeah. if you've got six foot five or whatever he is, um, running out of the square, he. He demands one of your best defenders, and he's absolutely an asset for the side. So, I, I see it as a perfect setup. I see it as play him against North, get him some match time, get him the feel back into the game, and then have him train really well and play the play an incredible game against the Pies. I
1: think who I think who he comes in for is actually even more interesting because I hope it's not Brown. No, but nah. it won't nah,
2: be. I, I think if you ask me, I think it's Zach Clark. I think Zach Clark yeah. makes way. Yeah, so, uh, I, think, I think that's pretty obvious. I think Mitch, he, he cannot drop Mitch Brown after that game. No, Mitch arguably,
0: Brown is doing everything.
2: That's that's the best game he's arguably ever played in his career. So I think um, yeah, no, I think I think Mitch is safe. I think Zach Clark will be the one to make way if Joe does come back.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and that I I mean I even I tweeted this morning that a part of the assessment of Joe Danher might be also can he play ruck for fifteen minutes because he may have to play a little bit of the Zach Clark role because we don't have the McKernan or anything to go to help out Belly at the moment. So that would be almost part of, for me, the fitness test, to see one, we need you to play forward, but you may actually need to play 15 minutes or so in the ruck.
2: Oh, for sure. And, and don't forget, speaking of Anzac Day, he won an Anzac Day medal from the ruck. He um, did, um, no, like yeah. A couple of years ago. So, I mean, um, this is, of course, depending on how... He's obviously not probably at the fitness levels as he was, on that particular day, but if he's anywhere near that, oh, I don't think he'd have any issues playing in the ruck. Um, he, I mean, he turned that game on its head when he went in the middle when the game was up for grabs. So he's he's no stranger to that part of the ground, and yeah, no doubt. I'm sure I'm sure Mitch Brown would chip in a bit as well. Um, but the, 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 you know, it wouldn't be all down here as the backup. I wouldn't have thought so. No, true. um true. Yeah. So uh, no, I think I think that makes sense.
1: Hey, look, I was actually. Do you know what? I was listening just quickly to the last podcast you're on the other day and i can start blowing your trumpet now so i can pop you out now because uh you 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 you're discussing about how good redmond is and he needs to come to the side but basically straight as soon as he's available and you go bang look he's he's straight away he looks like he's been there
0: for 10 games it was brilliant
2: he's he's, He's a special kid i've been big on redmond for a long time he's i think he's only played six games so far but every time he gets his chance He has looked the part, and unfortunately, he's had a really bad run with injuries. Every time he sort of gets his chance, he gets injured and has to wait again, does rehab, and has to wait, wait, wait. Now he's back, I really hope he gets a clean run, because he's just so silky smooth, and he's just such a good decision maker. Reads the play so well, really good disposal, um, smart football player, and I think he will bring a lot of joy to Essendon fans for many years. He's a really good kid.
0: We're going to have a chat to him about that hairdo, but
2: oh the, the the hairdo yeah, oh. yeah
0: the, uh, the Steinbeck trick tri- uh, I, <laughs> I mean you know
2: I think Kyle Hooker's got rid of his I think Redmond's a a year or two behind the fashion yeah trip, I think he is,
0: is. <laughs> yeah. oh, Mason I'm not sure about that one man. I love you to death but if you're listening ooh, don't know about yeah. it
2: don't
0: yeah. know especially when
1: especially when you think of him as such a tough bully kid. I know, you'd be
0: playing down the back. If you're if you're a high flying forward and you get to stand on people's heads, fine. Have your hair all flowing and up in a little bun, but not down back mate. No, come on. And especially I'm surprised Wosher allows that bit considering how tough he was. <laughs> right. I
2: think it's it, it's a new era, I think boys. I yeah, think, true. True. Um, it's a very yeah. mm, <laughs> it's a very uh, you know, metro uh, metro molly coddle type era. I mean back in Back in the 80s, early 90s, that was not oh, being tolerated. Could,
0: right. I was scared, could you imagine? <laughs> seriously, someone like Mark Harvey would have held him down and shaved his head.
2: Like, he would
0: not have made it out of the change rooms at Windy Hill with a hairdo like that.
2: Mark Harvey was the owner of a few rude haircuts. That's time, actually so. true.
0: A lot of bleach. A <laughs> yeah. lot of bleach with halves. But when you were that tough, no one said anything to him.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Hey, look, I'll, I'll,
1: I'll ask one more question from just the, the fans on Twitter for you. They're just coming through now. There's a guy, Chris Pepperell, on Twitter. Uh, he said, look, our slingshot game style seems to only work well against some teams. Uh, and he's got, when we are allowed to play that game style against Melbourne, Brisbane, it seems to work fine. But some other teams have the ability to shut it down. How can we manage this better?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. It's No, no game style is foolproof. You'll always have some teams that can pick you apart and stymie you. I mean, I think GWS did that. In round one, really well. Stilwell did that really well in round one, having yeah. Although they were they were different, um, we were playing uh, differently. A different um, brand, yes. different. It was a different brand, but those, um, um, those those there were elements that, that you can still see in the game side that they're using. They were they were able to fought. Having said that, I mean, the the players' effort levels weren't exactly up to where they should have been. But yeah, no, you're right. It's a good question, and. This is this is this is what coaches need. You need plan plans B, C, even D. Like it's um, you, when you can sort of sense that the game isn't going your way. I and mean, this is what this is what makes you know guys like Alistair Clark and such a such a freak, such a all time great. They, Just, they always have something up their sleeve. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, if that if the slingshot that that real speed outside game is is able to be curtailed, um. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it would obviously be an issue but you know um, the, the coaches coaches spend so much time working out different strategies different ways to overcome obstacles
0: you know even even if
2: it's Brisbane like you know the, the, there was a period of the game where it wasn't going Essen's way but you know in the second half was maybe 20 30 minutes where Brisbane sort of were mm-hmm. um, had it their way so it's, yeah
1: uh, you know, and Melbourne as well Melbourne shut us down for a quarter.
2: Oh yeah, I mean they kicked six goals in a row, didn't they? Yeah. yeah so yeah. so it's yeah. Listen, it's almost impossible to play a four-quarter game. Yeah. Um, but the, the the key is to really want, when you're up and about, it's it's to cash in when you're up and about and when you've oh, got all the momentum. That's that's the that's really the key to footy these days, I reckon. There's so many momentum shifts, and when you when you've got it on your terms, you've really got to make and pay because as you saw with Essendon in the first couple of weeks, they had so many inside fifties but hardly kicked any goals. So.
0: Mm, yep. Mind you, yeah. then on top of that, there's a little bit of cream. It's just just kick it to Waller.
2: That's, <laughs>
0: oh. that's the bailout. <laughs> just kick it to Waller, really.
2: <laughs> Wasn't he unbelievable? That's, oh, one, of, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen from here the them players.
0: they extraordinary. Mate, I, I did. So. I said that to Scotty. We were going to say it on the podcast. It's just welcome back, Waller. I mean, it's <laughs> that that bloke and Arazio when they're up and about. The, just mm. the cream they they put sort of on top of the the hard work from the mids and that sort of stuff. Yep. The way they and how dangerous they are every time they touch the ball. Yeah. Oh man, it and was the nice pressure, to have water I mean, back. Don't
2: forget. I mean, uh, Tippett does a lot of the hard stuff himself so I mean some of the yeah, yeah. some of those tackles that he was like he, he, he did it all he did it all on the weekend so he was he was absolutely exceptional and, love that bloke uh, it's great to see him back doing what he does best because when he's up and about the bombs look a lot better
1: yep for sure hey thanks so much for joining us Ronnie uh, you by the way you are right also about Brisbane uh, look out for Brisbane they're 3-1 uh, you probably weren't thinking the Suns being 3-1 but awesome Kilda Orson Kilda Hello.
2: incredible uh, what's going
0: on look I don't mind seeing the Saints win a few games actually. I must say uh, they've, they've been they've been not real special for a good period of time and I, I don't mind <laughs> seeing the Saints win a couple. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean it's it's good for footy for the Suns. Yeah that, that is true it's for the Suns
2: too. It's incre- uh, that is one of the great stories of the year so far like, and not just the way that the have won uh, the, the the fact that they've won those games is how they've won it. I mean, the yeah. their first four games have been decided by a total of eleven points. It's just extraordinary. Yeah. Wow. It's an average of they're averaging less than so, what, two point something points each game. Is the game's being decided? It's just unbelievable. So nice. full credit to Stewie sure Joe, what he's doing up there, and absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, I know it's an excellent podcast, but I think it really it,
0: nah, it, it shines a
2: light on what's going down on what's going on down at Carlton because. Brisbane and the Gold Coast were very much in their um, echelon in terms of you know struggling and development, and they've just at the moment, after the first month, they've left them in the leaps and bounds. in the dust. So yeah. I think Eston fans will be very happy to hear about that. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: Eston podcast is very welcome to talk about Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Paul Paul Will Satterfield. He he thought he was coming. He, he thought he was coming to the Bombers, but unfortunately, mate, he ended up in Carlton. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, um, where cool, can man. they? Where can our uh, our guests, our uh, listeners, find you?
2: Oh, you can find me in the pages of The Age online at uh, The Age Sport and Real Footy um, here and there for AAP and also on Footyology with uh, Ron Conley's website. So, And you can also find me on social media at Ronnie Lerner, R-O-N-N-Y, L-E-R-N-E-R, and that is on Twitter. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Thanks so much Ronnie for joining us again. Uh, I'm sure we'll chat after around about round eight. See hopefully that's it's further good news. But it's a it's a big big sort of four or five weeks coming up, some big
0: games.
2: Indeed. Big games. Big games.
0: Thank you very much for your time, Ronnie. No worries. Bye bye. Cheers, mate. Cheers. See ya. <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> how many? How many people out there haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, and not listening
1: to our podcast because of it?
0: Because because of it, me. I haven't watched it yet. I've been told not to watch it all day. Um, I was home from work today um i was told not to watch it all day and then i raced over to the the podcast studios and my wife got home and now she's not allowed to watch it until i get home so it's game of thrones baby as soon as we finish this <laughs> you're out of here yep out of here um but a, a huge um thank you again to ronnie for coming on again he's um his insights are incredible um we we absolutely love having him on the show
1: no nah, he's so easy to talk to i actually really love talking to ronnie um look we were not going to go... Usually we go a few stats and everything. We, 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 we blitzed, Domination. We blitzed them, It was just so domination. I, I'm not going to bore everyone. We all knew that, um, that we did well. Uh, something I want to bring up um, just on the changes. Obviously, I was pretty vocal on changes last week. I didn't like the dropping of Aaron Francis. No, neither did I. Uh, it's, but look, I want to put it in context. Uh, I guess for me a lot of things that i do i'm i'm by nature strategic in, in, in kind of how i think so I, I sometimes think in two year kind of developments and, and 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 wanting to get games into certain kids that i think have you're a big picture guy yeah yeah have genuine talent so it's funny because, like, we both actually tipped us to beat Brisbane this week. Yep. Um. So it was, wasn't was an issue where I thought, oh, Francis doesn't play or our chances are less mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, I was fairly comfortable that Paddy Ambrose was going to do a role and, gee, he did it exceptionally well. Yeah. Uh. He was actually, he actually was in my top five if I had a top five. Yep. Um... Uh, that's just how I think. So uh, I, I don't. I know there's a few people on the uh, "I Told You So"s and we won. And but but it's not. It's not how I think. I I I, I when I saw Francis being dropped and 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 please understand because we do sponsor, I do sponsor him with a group of other people. Um, there's certain relationships that are formed. There's certain things I do know. Um, so there, it was never a case. He was a genuine omission. Uh, it was never a case of he was sore or injured or anything like that. He was he was fine a couple of days later, and um, even at the VFL game at Frankston. So he trained all week. So he was a genuine omitted... But he was genuinely omitted due to match They thought um, Ambrose would run better with Hipwood. And in all fairness, it is did. exactly how it played out. That's Ambrose's and, and that's, strength. That's, that's the right call by the coach. So... I don't want to be some sort of like meh, 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 meh. No, that, they've made the dead set, the right call there. It worked out perfectly. Uh, I, I guess me, I still have a hunger to get games into this kid. Uh, yeah. I just I just think he's a genuine big player. Oh, they will. And <laughs> I, take, I take Ronnie Lerner's words to heart when he says, you know, he's still very young in the game. So, so I guess for me, maybe even a bit of patience is involved. But uh, I, I want us to build a, a side that has sustained success year after year. And I think there's a group of players, I guess, in my mind that I see that are, are, are like a, a top 20 kind of view of bringing the club into the next generation and having real success. And that's, I guess, maybe that's me being impatient, but I really see that I, I want to get 50, 100 games into these kids. Can, can I can yeah.
0: I chuck a, a positive on, on if there is one in Francis not playing? Is that I'm, I'm actually pleased, and at, unfortunately at Aaron's expense, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I love the fact that Ridley didn't get dropped.
1: Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and just because, yeah,
0: like, he's one of those kids we want to get a lot of games in. Like, and he was—he's been the fall guy a lot of the times. He's been in, he's been out, he's been in, he's been out. And to have him in the side, um, and continued faith in the kid, and continue yeah. to get more games into him. If there is a positive in trying to find one in him now, and, and Redmond, yeah, yeah, and Redmond is yeah, there. Yeah, we got we yeah. got two, we got one more game. Very good halfbacks. I know. I mean, like,
1: Gleason's not going to be far away, so they've, no, got, they've got. It's going to be very. Yeah, it's a big decisions coming. Um, and I, I get that. I get that. It's not easy for a coach, so I'm never a sack anyone or anything like that. That's no, not my. That's not my. has been
0: dropped. It's a tragedy. I, I travity just talk
1: tactically, and I just talk openly about mm. what about things I see and and, and never get the feeling I, I'm no dictator at all. If 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 I'm wrong, like I, I tweet a lot. Oh, I got you know because I I had a. I had a view that you know Bagley might be 50-50 this this week to get a game. And I, I was the first one to tweet. I'm so glad he played because he's been critical so yep. far in the first half. And and I'm more than happy to be proven wrong by a very good player. Yeah, so right. uh, so I don't have that kind of like oh you know that kind of vindictive oh, spewing he play well because now my guy won't come in yep. I just want the team to play well' that's absolutely just, that's pretty much where my heart's at so I, we just all have opinions it's just footy's emotive subject we all absolutely. have opinions I absolutely I, I love debating and having opinions so never ne- I'm never kind of the dictative sort. I look I just wanted to say that because I I know there's a lot of back and forth with with some of my comments about wanting Francis to play. And a lot of people trust the coach. Trust the coach. I, I, I get all that, and and because it's just not me saying. Oh no, I'm not demanding anything. I'm just saying what I think. And, um, I, and
0: I bet you too that that in because we've got Ridley Redmond, Gleason, um, yeah. Francis Hurley Hooker, all yeah. these guys, all these great. Sort of key position. Someone good's going to miss out. Halfback. Someone's good's going to miss out. That's the yeah. thing. And Listen, I bet you whether, a million
1: bucks whether we like it or not, someone good's going to miss.
0: That's it. The coaches and halves of those boys wouldn't have just said, "You're not playing next week," and not spoken to him. I reckon they would have had yeah. a chat to him and said, "Listen, we, we want to get Mason some games, and we want to do this, we want to do that, and we want to. We think the matchups are this. Mm. Um, you'll be you'll be well and truly watched in the in if he plays in the twos or whatever it is. So I think yeah, I think there's someone's going to miss out. That's it. That's it's a luxury for us. I'd say we look at it as a positive.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: so look. Looking to next week, dude. Um, North Melbourne. Yeah, I don't know what kind of changes we're going to look at. Uh, I think Joey's the obvious
1: one. Um, yeah, bring him in.
0: I, I like the. I like the statement that you don't out. leave a Ferrari in the in the garage.
1: Mm. Uh, my gut feel says I'll bring him in. Yeah, I don't know if they make too many changes. Um, Who could they bring in? I mean, there's there's not many. I mean,
0: look, Myers is back in the side.
1: Yeah, I mean, depending on how Myers' injury. To his face was, Mm. um, uh, if it's just a a slight broken nose or something, they they usually they usually can play on. Yeah, a slight broken nose. Yeah, but it was actually pretty severe. But but it didn't look like it was a concussion or anything. So I expect he probably will be available. But we'll see what the club says. Uh,
0: so I don't know of many changes, um, and there wasn't sort of significant. parishes got a hammy or anything like that. There no, wasn't no. any sort of injuries that we've got to worry about.
1: No, like Saka had a sore knee, but he came on about fifteen minutes later and, and ran out the game. So yeah. I don't think there's. Belly went off looking not
0: particularly well, yeah. but he came back.
1: Yeah, look, and Belly's the only one I kind of feel like that's continued to struggle a bit. I think he's throwing his weight around and being really physical. I think yeah. that's what helping. I think that's genuinely helping us, but like. He had six disposals, one mark, and yeah. and and his opponent had double the hit out. So he he's not he's not on fire. Yeah. Um, but he's it's not from attitude. He's throwing his weight around, and and that to me might you know the coach still might give that sort of like I, I don't mind that because there's something to say about. Um, someone who's a real physical presence around the ground. Like, you know, Mumford. Mumford's not a guy who got the possessions no, right. No, 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 he's not. But he made the if midfield walk anywhere near tall. the ball. Yeah. He yeah. made people walk tall. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think if Belly can have that kind of attribute keep going, I think that will get him games. Yeah, I agree. But he'll understand that there's a guy called Sam Draper coming behind. Knocking, very knocking fast. on the door, yeah. yeah knocking yeah. on the door. But for the moment, I'd say Belly. Yeah, It'll be interesting. They may, with these two short breaks... Depending on, I feel like he's still a bit sore, but it'll be interesting to see where he's at if they can play both games. But, but look, so much besides that, I don't think there'll be many changes to be honest. No, mate,
0: it's that's a winning that's a winning team, mate. You don't you don't have a team win that dominantly and then drop one person and say you didn't perform well. So, no, no, I'm looking forward to the game against North. Um, just a quick shout out while I'm here, my brother-in-law Damien hit me up, said he was having some beers with. uh, Uh, Some listeners to the podcast in Sydney. Um, So a big shout out to the Weekly Bomber Faithful at the Light Brigade in Paddington. Um, Have a frothy for me and Scott, boys. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right, um, I guess we'll wrap that up for for this podcast. Um, a massive thank you to Ronnie Lerner again. Um, we love having him on the podcast.
1: Thank you to our listeners. You've been amazing. Yeah,
0: the, again, the the podcast that it just the listens just keep going up and up and up, and we're absolutely loving it. So thank you very much.
1: So if you are spreading the word, a big thanks from us. Um, look, if you know Essendon fans and family or something, or you come across, you know, people love listening to podcasts. We well, hope we do some sort of worthiness to the to the forum. Yep. Uh, give us a shout out if you can because we'd love to get the message out to us and fans yeah so they can, can get listen us into something on the train or yeah
0: you, know. you can get us on the lunchtime uh, catch-up podcast facebook page um you can also get us on twitter at the lunch catch-up couldn't get the lunchtime catch-up podcast so we went for the lunch catch-up podcast on twitter um you can get scotty on his facebook page as well and we're the lunchtime catch-up podcast on instagram yeah um, and, and this week um
1: um, talking to you again Spotify we've been trying to get us on Spotify so I'll give you an update soon if we can get our forum onto a podcast onto Spotify yeah, and, cool and so
0: check us out iTunes um, SoundCloud give us a like and a and subscribe if you can and um, we will see you next week um, probably after the North game on, so, uh, on, probably on Saturday. Maybe Saturday, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably do a Saturday. We're so. just, just organising that now on, yeah, the, on, the, on the air. Bo- yeah, both of We're <laughs> just looking into the Saturday. Yeah, that's cool. But both of us also realise that we then have to walk out of the podcast studios and ask our wives. So um, we will do that <laughs> and uh, probably be, be back uh, with a new episode on Saturday. So thank you very much for everybody for listening. Thank you again to Ronnie Lerner and we will see you guys next week.
1: Go Bombers.